Welcome to the Friends and Rivals podcast. You handle it, and they put the wrong shit down on the on the ground. They put like a a brine, and they like basically do it beforehand, like too early, mm. and it just basically gets washed away. It's like the stupidest thing you've yeah. ever seen. Sounds. I don't bad. know. Yep. Yeah, but if you drop a cucumber on the ground, you get a pickle, right? Brian, so cool. Bat, bat. Let's talk devils and islanders. Let's talk penguins and rangers. But let's not talk about flyers, because they're a bunch of fucks, which no one can deny. Which no one can deny. All right. Episode 10, Friends and Rivals podcast coming at you. I am one of your co-hosts, Tom Harkness. Along with me, as always, are... Stephen Wojtowicz. Bill Fougere. Nick Larita. Interesting week um, uh, in the NHL. We uh, There's no games, at least for our teams tonight, because of COVID protocols. Uh, thanks to the New Jersey Devils. You're really welcome, everybody. Good job, Devils. Thanks, buds. Happy to help. You know, normally it's fuck the Flyers, but this week it's fuck the Devils. We can fuck. I'll take it. It's I can go with that. Fuck the Devils. I'm always game for for saying stuff like that for sure. Did anybody have anything going on this week? (laughs) 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 Uh, God damn. So I I guess really uh, we talk. We're we're talking about last week. Next week's show is the show that's going to be trouble. Well, yeah, exactly. At least you have games to to talk about, right? So this week you may not have games at all, which uh, you can take a break then. Happily, you can you can be on COVID protocol with with your team then. I don't give a shit. I still get paid the same amount of money whether I take a break or not. Shit, you get paid. You guys aren't getting paid. Did you get a sponsor already? And not tell us. Fanatics. Didn't you? They sent me a new shirt. Didn't you see it in the background there? I had to pay for mine, and I had to wait oh, for like three no. months. They you sent me shirts? that. Yeah, I, I didn't even have to ask for it. Just fanatics. Just sent me that Jack Hughes shirtsy right there that you see in the background. How the hell did they even? Sorry, get guys. I thought you knew. I thought they. I thought they sent one to everybody. Son of a bitch. Fanatics, I, I'm literally in the next county over from you, okay? It would have saved you money just shipping alone. I would have picked it up. I'll talk to my guy. I'll talk oh, yeah. to my guy. I appreciate that. We'll get you a whole cap with a nice PK Subban shirt, Tom. Ooh. Yes! Yes! One of the only ones One of the only ones on the team without COVID, so maybe that's the only one they got in stock. I won. But he was recently a plus in his game. Ah. <laughs> Paying attention. Someone is paying attention. <laughs> I want a shirt of PK Subban and Miles Wood dancing on the front of it like they were tussling in the uh, in training camp. That's probably the only PK Subban shirt I would ever wear. Till he's on the Rangers you're... in three years? No, 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 no. Mm. We've, we've turned a new leaf. We've turned a new leaf. Mark okay. my words. We'll see. Mark my we'll words. See. All right, I guess uh, I'll start off because I probably have a lot of sh- stuff to go over. Let's, so let's start in Buffalo last Thursday, the 28th. So face-offs actually weren't as bad as I thought they were going to be, uh, but they still are an issue. 47.4 percentage on face-offs for the game, not too bad. Igor looked a lot better. Uh, his positioning was a lot was a lot more solid. Um, he was moving a puck, and he just played with a little bit more confidence. Um, so take you through the game a little bit. Um, so Keandre Miller on the Eichel goal, uh, as good as he's been, he always doesn't get the best body position. And and Eichel got behind him um, for just a really easy tip in goal. And that's something I've seen out of Keandre Miller. And that's something that's going to be uh, a common theme on here across the Rangers defense is letting that, 
that player, that forward, get behind them and get better position for an easy slam dunk dunk tip in goal they can they would have reduced three goals this week just by having better body position on the forwards coming down Panarin uh the pass on Strom's goal and and also his shot on goal um to make it 2-1 uh heading into the third period thank god we have Artemi Panarin on our team thank god um because without him if this would be uh I don't know if we'd, we would have won a game yet um but going into the third period with a lead is another common theme um, that we'll, 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 we'll go through. Um, so heading into the third period with a lead, you know, less than a minute into the third period, Lafreniere has a wide open net and missed it. And then, you know, Smith overplayed, uh, overplayed the positioning backdoor power play goal. Again, another time where bad positioning leads to a backdoor slam dunk goal right on your goaltender. The power play looked good. Couldn't finish it. Um, another blown third period lead brings us to overtime tied it to, uh, a little more than halfway through, Eichel controls the puck at the center ice line. He's he's going and working back toward his own goal when he uh, and then the other Buffalo players were going toward the offensive zone. Eichel tried to give a little backhand pass, but it deflects off of Blackwell's uh, skates um, for a two-on-one, and uh, he feeds it across to Lafreniere with Eichel back. A little saucer pass over to Lafreniere turns into his first goal for for him in his career and an overtime winner. Uh, what a way to end that game and give the Rangers a good feeling uh, to find a way to win in overtime and at least salvage something on that four game road trip. That was, uh, you know, they got three out of a possible eight points, which was, you know, not as bad as only getting two or one. Um, but it was a, uh, it was a rough, it was a rough road trip to, uh, to say the very least. I'm going in kind of chronological order, so um, forgive me. I'll get to the good stuff in, in just a moment. Did we lose Billy? We lost Billy. Uh, we did, but I'm sure he'll be back. I hope he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, brings us to the following week. We return home, back on home ice, our two-game set with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, this one was Saturday evening, and, you know, Igor, feeling real comfortable in that, gets the win in overtime, looked pretty good, a little confident. And David Quinn then decides to go with Alexander Georgiev. Kind of glad he did. <laughs> Insight may have, may have been 2020 on that one. Uh, but Igor probably would have been the right call as opposed to trying going back and forth and trying to find a hot hand. But Rangers come home feeling good, really positive. Um, the last two games, three, three out of a possible last four points uh, or, or three out of the uh, last six possible points on the road. Not too bad. Um, night in Pittsburgh faceoffs, not as bad as they had been recently against Pittsburgh. This was actually a shock to me when I looked at the statistics at 42.6% in faceoffs. So not too bad. Like I mentioned before, Georgiev and net opportunity to, uh, missed in my opinion. Uh, and I don't, I don't always, um, second guess David Quinn a lot, but it was an opportunity for, for Igor to really start to get into, into a groove. So we start off with Pittsburgh's first goal, you know, innocent three on three across the line into the Rangers zone. And, and Smith just all of a sudden just does a snow angel on the ground and Casperi Kapanen passes across. And by the time Smith got up, the puck was in the back of the net and Zucker put it in at the far post one, nothing pens. There was nobody there coming back on the back check to pick up Zucker and Smith was way out of position in the corner on his face, trying to get up after he tried to block the pass going across. So one, nothing penguins. 
Um, and look, second, the, the first goal for the Rangers, drive to the net, good things happen. Phil Giuseppe puts a shot on net. Lemieux driving to the net. Not ever really certain if it ever touched Lemieux, but he did get credit for the goal. 1-1, tie score. 47 seconds left in the first period. And this was a problem last week too. And I, I, I did text everybody. Those last minute goals of a period are absolute killers. Um, and 47 seconds left in the first, in the first period face off win by the penguins. And this thing was clean. It goes back to defense. Tanev was circling out from behind the net. D'Angelo couldn't put a, uh, a body on him or a stick on stick. Tanev deflects the goal. Uh, and puts the Penguins up 2-1 after one. And those just those last minute, those last minute goals are, are really, really rough to swallow for sure. Moving to the second period, uh, under eight minutes into the second period, Penn's power play, Strom chips the puck um, on a back pass out of the zone and a two-on-O develops between Miller and Kevin Rooney. Just a beautiful little fake shot by Miller back to Rooney. Wide open gaping net on a, on a, on a uh, shorthanded goal by Rooney on a two on O not, you don't see those too often. I, I, anybody recently remember a two on O penalty kill, a shorthanded, not, not a, not a shorthanded one. No, no, not at all. I mean, I know the, the Penguins tried in overtime with Malkin, uh, but boy, if he finished like the Rangers finished, we'd be uh, staying a whole different story with Malkin. For yeah. Sure. If, if Evgeny Malkin was a player, half of the skill of Kenny Vin Rooney, then, you know, the Penguins might be in contention. You, you nailed it there. Not his time. Anymore. You nailed it there, buddy. Kevin Rooney, better than Evgeny Malkin. Oof. Yeah. Want to trade? Want to hurt it here? Trade? Straight up? Straight up? <laughs> Straight up. I, I wouldn't mind. I would actually consider that. But in typical fashion, 43 seconds later, or actually two minutes later, uh, capping on a breakaway, uh, beats Georgiev 3 2 Penguins. So this was a, 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 kind of a fucking roller coaster all night uh, kind of back and forth emotions and goals and momentum swings because 43 seconds later, crying put Kreider puts in a rebound shot off of Truba three, three. And again, it's a roller coaster, but they've come back to, to tie the game at three after being down one, nothing being down two one and being down three, two. So they come back and tie the game with Kreider off a rebound shot from Truba. And again, the roller coaster of emotions are going on four minutes left in the second period Rangers power play. Panarin finally hits the net with a slap shot one-timer from the high slot. It didn't hit the glass. It hit the back of the net. Um, it was just a really, really – you could see it. Um, actually, the um, the drive uh, before that, maybe a couple seconds before, he had a good chance in the slot, and he just missed a shot, and uh, DeSmith really got a, just got a shoulder on it. Um, and this one was set up by a beautiful pass, a give-and-go between uh, Panarin and Buchnevich. Now the Rangers are in the lead. But they're in the lead, and they're they're in the lead going into the third period, which would be a, a, um, a it's just they don't know how to protect the lead. They don't know how to win, I guess, when they when they're going into the third period with a lead. It's something that they're going to have to learn how to do. So um, in the third period, Crosby with just a with a clean faceoff win back to Marino at the point, cross the CC, um, who takes a shot. Uh, Fox with terrible body position was standing in front of Gensel as opposed to behind him. And at that point, there was nothing Fox can do. Gensel puts in the rebound. I think Russ did get that goal. Billy, did, did, did Gensel get, did Russ eventually get credit for that goal or was the puck I, in before Russ touched it? No, I think, I think Gensel, I think Gensel got it, but they were both there behind the goalie, <laughs> behind yes, the defenseman and, and behind the goalie, both waiting there for the rebound. 
Yeah, I mean, Gensel was on the right side, Russ was on the left side, and they were just they were just pouncing on the puck. It was just uh, a race to whichever Penguin could get it first. Right. So it 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 goes back to a, a very common theme over the two games that I said three goals in just the two games that I was talking about, where body position may have prevented goals. Um, so another third period goal, another th- uh, third period lead gone by the wayside, and then we go to overtime, and in overtime. Did something significant happen in overtime? I, I, I think so. I think so. But, you know, less than a minute in, you know, Zibanejad, Panarin, and, and Fox are out there and had a couple of good chances. Um, one really good chance by Fox. And on the rebound, Panarin missed a rebound. Uh, I still don't know how he missed that rebound. But puck goes to the corner, then comes out. Fox on the way back does get a change. D'Angelo does come on. And then the, the Rangers get trapped in their own zone for the rest of overtime. Um, and at about 2.44, Georgiev goes, goes behind the net to play the puck while D'Angelo was kind of right with him. If Georgiev let D'Angelo play the puck, he passes up the boards to Panarin. Panarin gets it out. We're all done. D'Angelo would still be on the team. D'Angelo might be on the team without a shiner. Yes, exactly. For another week, maybe? Right. But instead, Georgiev kind of plays the puck into the other corner where the uh, where Penguins player was was waiting. I think it was Rust. And uh, they just played with the puck for, for a little while longer than Crosby gets in the slot. Bang, five hole, five for Penguins win in overtime. Rangers do salvage a point out of it, uh, if nothing else. So, and then everyone home and everything was good? After no, that? Every, yeah, everything was good. Was everybody fun, right? hit the ice. And then it happened. So there was a lot of frustration so the initial story that I got was that D'Angelo called him a name, called him a commie, and then they got into a little tussle, then it got broken up. As we've heard more details come out, it was the fact that, you know, Georgiev was, you know, really upset by the play and really um, taking it a little hard. And Tony came and made a sarcastic comment and Georgiev got up and punched him, punched him in the head. And then, you know, there's reports that Kreider got up and punched him in the face. Um, so there's a lot of things going back and forth about what the actual story is. But typically, I like to believe those first stories that come out and that, that D'Angelo and Gurgiev had a, 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 a falling out. And then a third player stepped in and, really, and punched D'Angelo in the face, which turned out to be Kreider. I did a little bit of investigating. Um, I did send out a picture of Kreider at the podium with a, uh, a pretty big black and blue on this on the back of his uh on the back of his right hand and just you know just at the at the same height maybe that he would have hit d'angelo in the face i don't know maybe um but he did have a a black and blue on his hand i don't know what he got it from he could have got it from anywhere but so that that turned into a whole situation with d'angelo and his last straw and um the rangers putting him on the waivers um, he did eventually clear waivers and he was now assigned to the taxi squad because of his attitude. And, you know, also reports coming out that after the first game, after Barzell completely undressed him almost as bad as Aho did in the bubble, he was, he took a, a bad penalty, took a misconduct penalty after that. And Quinn sat him for a game, put him in the Quinn bin and uh, he never got over it. And he was still, um, upset that he was uh, pulled and sat. Um, I guess it, it, it really hurt his ego 
that a $4.8 million player can go and get uh, be a healthy scratch for a night. Too fucking bad, you cry baby. So he did get assigned to the taxi squad. Um, right now, he's uh, now sitting in limbo, uh, waiting to get traded, where apparently, as Darren Drager reported today, there are there is reports that there is a lot of interest in Tony D'Angelo. Um, I guess when you can have him for free, there wasn't too much uh, too much um, oh. demand for him. But no, I guess they're eating. Yeah, How much well, do you think, think they're going to eat? They, they have to, I think, at a minimum, eat at least 35% of that contract at a minimum. They can eat as uh, a maximum of 50%, right? Yeah, I think so. So I got to think they're going to eat at least 35% of that. It has to be. Just because Gordon said, Gordon said he's played his last game as a Ranger, right? Yeah. And that, that was, yeah. Uh, Collins conference, right? Yeah. Uh, from Newsweek uh, asked um, Jeff Gordon and uh, John Davidson in their press conference if Tony D'Angelo played last game. And Gordon confirmed that yeah. right then and there. So there is no. There's nothing more to it. He will not play another game for the New York Rangers. Right now, he is at home uh, waiting to get traded. So, look, I, I didn't really think D'Angelo was going to be on the team past this year. Um, I think we even, in our season preview, we talked about um, if the Rangers weren't going to make the playoffs, D'Angelo could have been, and Strom could have been one of those two, one of the one of the people they could traded uh, to a contender to help them out. And best case he would have been exposed in the expansion draft so d'angelo wasn't in their long-term plans he was definitely in their short-term plans i think a little bit longer than you know eight games into the season but uh, i don't think d'angelo was part of their long-term plans so now you you move on and uh, they actually had to play another hockey game and this was uh on on monday um so the press conference happened right before the game monday and uh you know, you got to go out and then and play a hockey game. But Capococco got added to the COVID protocol list. Not that he has it, um, but uh, I believe he has diabetes too. Not diabetes. Um, and he has something. I forgot what ailment he has, but uh, if he does get, get COVID, it could be a pretty devastating thing. So they, they, they certainly do protect him more than, well, not more than anybody, but they, I, I think they would, they would protect him a little bit more than other people. Um, to not put him in harm's way. So he uh, he's on COVID protocol. He's still on it today. Um, so we'll see. Gordon did say that was going to be a short-term thing for him. So I don't think he necessarily has COVID, but he's in the protocol. So they played the Penguins again on Monday. Um, and this time Igor was in net. And um, the face-offs. Face-offs were absolutely putrid and I will I will put the Rangers num- face-off percentage number for Monday's game against anybody on here, maybe even for the season. Twenty nine point two percent face-off wins. Anybody? Full game. Huh? Full game. Anybody want to beat us? Who's got? Who's, yes. What do you got? You got? Well, you got one that's better or worse? Twenty six point four. Wow. Suck. Holy shit. First Philly. Versus, oh, we have we're yet to play them, so there is still a yeah. chance. Keep your keep your fingers crossed. Uh, just to confirm, <laughs> it is type one, type one diabetes and it celiac is. disease. All right, good. At least I was right on something. Uh, in defense, Philly is pretty good at faceoffs. Oh yeah, no doubt, absolutely. Uh, fuck the but, Flyers, Nick. Fuck the so Flyers. They were I mean, fifty fifty. Sure, but... They were fifty fifty the first time they played them. And then twenty six point four percent the second time. Oof. 
That's brutal. But you guys do the Devils did win the head to head battle against the Rangers. They were what fifty point nine? Fifty point nine. Yes. And the Rangers were forty nine point one. So head to head. Much better. Nothing. Much better. Much much better for sure. And I think we said we 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 demo, we surmised that that one point eight percent equals one goal, since the Devils were one goal better than the Rangers that night. One goal, only one. Yeah, it should have yeah. been it should have been tied because both that uh, one goal shouldn't have counted. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and yet it did. <laughs> it, it yes, yet it did. So the the Penguins' first goal, um, to me it was a silly goal, and it should. It, it should never have gone to the position that, w- where... that one shouldn't have counted as well. No, it someone I, I forgot who shot the puck from the point. Um, one of the um backup players for the Penguins, um, shot the puck and it almost it, went. It was, it was our corner. 23rd string defenseman, <laughs> yes, exactly. But but Igor went to to like play it, like like throws blocker on it when the puck was like it had to be at least 15 feet wide. And he flung his body out to try and block this puck. It took a crazy rebound. And um, was it Zucker again? I think so. It was Zucker. Or is it Zucker or Zucker? Zucker. 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 Like Zucker. Uh, Like Zucker? Okay, I got you. Yeah. So Zucker, bang, bang, uh, was able to bang in the the rebound shot from from behind the net. Puck took a crazy bounce. Um, But again, he shouldn't be playing that puck. He should he should know his position. He should know where he is on the ice. And that puck was at least 15 feet wide. Go check the, the replay on it. It was crazy pants. There was a uh, there was another shot later on that, that he tried to go up like he was like trying to take a home runaway. It's like, why are you stretching that high trying to pull a puck down? I, I agree. He 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 does some 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 crazy things for sure. Um sometime in the second period. Crosby tried to do a backhand Michigan style goal. And, you know, if, if it was in, it probably would have been the goal of the season. It might be, it might, might even be the goal of the 21st century. Um, It was really a thing of beauty, but my, my gripe with the whole thing is if he tried to do that and I was on the ice, I don't care who you are. That's disrespecting my team trying something like that. I want to fucking pound your face in. And nobody on the Rangers did that. Nobody even flinched at him to do that. And that maybe they're too inexperienced about that. But there was a couple of years back where Artem Anisimov uh, scored a goal against the Columbus Blue Jackets and threw his glove up in the air and did like a shotgun with Mm -hmm. his stick. And everybody on the Columbus Blue Jackets on the ice came after him. Maybe it's just because he was Artem Anisimov and it wasn't Sidney Crosby, but man, that was a little disrespectful in my book. A lot of skill to even attempt something like that. So kudos to him, but not, not against my team, not against my team. I don't think that's a bad, you know, I think the two, the, the comparison you're making is, is different, right? Showboating on a, on after a goal is scored and being like a celebration that's like basically, you know, go after yourselves, you know, that's, that's going to basically be you know, that's a, that's worth taking a shot at the guy for. But a, a, a Michigan-style goal, it's, it's happened a lot now in the NHL. It's quite a few times where people are attempting it. It's gone, it's gone in. I mean, I don't think that's the one. I think if you did some crazy, like, if you try to pick up the puck, a puck in a lacrosse-style uh, goal while moving forward at the goal, like, you know, a lot of kids try and do that, that kind of, um, you know, they, they do it in, like, uh, in a shootout, in the in the fake shootout. shootout. Yeah, if you want to do it in the right? shootout, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. 
but if you tried that in like the middle of a game and like you know spin around, you're gonna get crushed, right? Because like that's just being like a douche trying to score something like that. But I feel like that goal, that style goal nowadays, is like pretty, pretty standard, and it's really hard to pull off. No one's gonna throw a shift in about it. You're just gonna be pissed that you scored it because it's it's like a slam dunk, right? If you get it's beautiful, someone, don't get me wrong, it, yeah. was, it was gorgeous. And if it went in, I'm telling you, it was the goal of the 21st century. Sort of along the lines of what Nick's saying, you know, the, the a, a goal trying to score a goal like that. I mean, I don't see what the big deal is. You're trying to score a goal, try to score a goal anyway. You can score a goal. I mean, you know, you know how like everybody's going between the feet, like once a game now, somebody's going trying to go between the feet, trying to score a goal. I mean, it's just. You're trying to beat the goalie. Uh, you know, I'm all I'm all for it. A celebration, a celebration can go too far. You can have your opinion about a celebration, but try to score. Be creative. I'm good with it. I think I think if you if you set up shot behind the net and it's like five nothing already, and you're just trying to score it for you know icing on the cake, then for sure you're gonna get it fucking decked. You know, it, it also depends on the on the timing of the goal. I think it, it helps with that, or you know, it's part of it, but. Just my sense. We have a timing of the goal to talk about too. That's the that's fact me. that he did it on the backhand was ridiculous too. It, it was look, it it's beauty was, when he had it. It was the ridiculous. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but maybe maybe it's just me. Maybe because it was Crosby, and maybe if Crosby did it against your team, Nick and Steve, maybe you'd have a different reaction. I hope he does. You know what? I hope he does. I can be annoyed. I mean, I, I can't even pick up a puck with my hand sometimes, and this guy's <laughs> picking it up with the back of the stick. Now his backhand is. His his um Crosby's almost got a flat. Yeah. 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 So it's not as big of a deal or for him to do it on the backhand than some other players probably. No, but it it's still it was, I'm not saying it yeah, it was was he doing it in motion? I didn't see it. Did well he, he was, was he behind he was behind the net, um, kind of going back and forth a little bit, and then he kind of flipped it on his backhand. It was uh, if you get an opportunity, yeah, you, you don't want him to do out. that. You don't want him to do that, get a defender on him. Where was the closest defender? Well, they were. He was behind the net, and they were protecting the pass coming out. So they were respecting him, but they should have been on him. I agree. Moving on, the Rangers also not only are they really shitty at faceoffs, and they can't hold a lead in the third period for shit. They have a tendency of making every goalie in the league be the next Patrick Waugh or Brodeur or Hasek or Terry Sawchuk. You name the legendary goalie, and the Rangers are making the goaltenders in the Mass Mutual Eastern Division look like those legends this year. Um, sorry, Nick, the exception is Sorokin on this list. Um, but you look at Mackenzie Blackwood, you look at um, that – Enos guy uh, up in Buffalo, like Casey the Smith. It's not Enos. Who, what, what's his name up in e- Enos Slaughter? Is that who you were thinking about? <laughs> no, it's not Enos. I don't know. Um, and Varlamov, the first, the first, um, the first game of the year. So every goaltender, you know, we we turn them into the next coming of these legendary goaltenders. But the Rangers did have an excellent penalty kill all night, and you know their penalty kill has not been bad all year that's one certainly been one of the highlights they've been shifting a lot of players moving them really getting everybody they can all hands on deck you even saw Lafreniere kill a penalty uh um yesterday so it's because they play the Penguins every day well that that stinks I'm I'm leaving that to you I'm not really gonna touch (laughs) on that um so I'll leave that to you did anybody at this point eight nine games into the season have Kevin Rooney 
have more goals than Mika Zibanejad? Did anybody have that? Raise your hands. I did. Yeah. No, you lie. Like, no, you lie. Um, I certainly didn't, but it just goes to the point Mika struggling, but you can, you know, you can't ask a question like that. And somebody answers and you call him a liar. Well, you're a fucking liar because you didn't. Um, but <laughs> you can see the way Mika's starting to play with with face-off. We're not talking about face-offs, but just about everything else. Getting that one-timer shot on net, passing the puck a little bit better. He just seems a little bit more engaged, and it looks like he's on the verge, finally, of starting to come out of whatever funk that he's in. And look, he had a, a crazy end to last year. And if you look at some of his stats, he was he had like a 30 it was, I think it was a 30% shot percentage last year when it came to shots versus goals. It was ridiculous, especially from January to March. It was absurd. Maybe it was just that is really kind of taking us away from who Mika Zibanejad is. Sure, that's going to play into his contract at the end of the season um, where they're going to start to talk about his extension. You just don't, I, I just don't know what type of player that we're looking at, but he is, he's about to break out of this. And hopefully by this time next week, he, he, we're going to talk about Mika scoring goals again uh, because I think he's really on the verge. But then again, anything I say kind of backfires. He just, so. he just needs a haircut. Freaking hippie. Uh, I don't think it's not a haircut, please. And, you know, like the Penguins, injuries are starting to mount for us. Uh, Brandon Smith came across and tried to take out Tanev and concussed himself. Is, is Tanev that thick? Is he that big of a guy? That he can take not a Brendan big guy. Smith. He's, he's a tough little guy. Yeah, I mean, but he put Brendan Smith to freaking Jupiter. I mean, that guy was he was on he was somewhere other than the earth after he hit Tanev. Um, I really, really felt for him for sure. So, you know, you got Benedetto in and um, you know, you, you know, coming in for um coming in for Tony D'Angelo. You're not gonna play Tony D'Angelo in the next game for sure. Um, so they're gonna have to get somebody from Hartford to come up. Um, and play defense for the next game. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see as to who they call up. But, you know, getting back to the game, get a man in front of them, uh, uh, get a man in front of the net to block the goalie's vision. I know it's a, uh, it's a novel idea, right? But if you do that, hey, goalie can't see you, maybe you even get a deflection. And that's exactly, and that's exactly what Kreider did. Uh, Kreider stood in front of uh, the Smith. Uh, he had a beautiful little deflection on a really nice um, wrist shot by Fox from the point on a deflection on the power play. Rangers up to nothing or, or Rangers up to one um, in the third, which is in the third period. So they didn't go into the third period with a lead. They led in the third period um, with just about, um, about five minutes left to go. Um, after that, Keandre Miller probably made the save of the game when he slid across and, and blocked a wide open net after Truba pushed Igor into the net and Miller just came across and, and blocked it with his shoulder um, of, of a wide open net that really could have tied the game. And um, under five seconds left to go, Panarin puts, puts the goal in. Um, I don't necessarily think he needed to score there. I'm happy he did good for him. Get all the goals that you can, but um it's under a second left and you're just winging the puck at the net on a, on a two, one win down in their end um, when they don't have anybody back and they pretty much stop skating. I don't know if you have to put the puck in net at that point, but they did um, Rangers one, three, one. And um, get your goal. Just go yeah, get your goal. I, I, mean, I guess. Right. But I, I don't necessarily. Okay. With it. I, I'm sure 
that should have angered the Penguins and and why they didn't come back and go after him at the end there. I don't know. I don't, maybe we're just in a different in a different time for hockey. But these things happened back in even the '90s or even maybe the beginning early 2000s. Something might have happened to those players. I'm just maybe maybe it's just me. Maybe my viewpoint is is all a little screwy. Yes. But um, things are looking up in Rangerland. Getting uh, uh, you know five out of the last six points. Now is where the tough part of the schedule comes. Next games are against you know we got Washington in there. We got Philly coming up. We got Boston. We have a game against New Jersey. Maybe. Nope. Um, <laughs> it's already not, been canceled. It's already been canceled. Sun, right. Saturday's game's already been canceled. Right. So um, so now they're they're, they're going to certainly be tested by these teams with especially with Washington and Philadelphia. They did not have a good record against Philly last year. I don't expect them to have a good record against any of those teams this year, but we'll see. This is why they play the games, right? And um, maybe it's about when, when you play the teams as opposed to um, what teams you're playing. So hopefully they get it at a good time. I mean, the Islanders had Washington and Washington was missing half of their squad last week, right? They were missing some key players. I mean, we had number of dudes you had uh Ovechkin and uh uh was Backstrom out because of COVID yeah, yeah was he I was like yeah yeah I, I couldn't remember if he was injured or if he, had, he was part of the COVID uh uh protocol but yeah we still still lost against them twice so that was awesome never great to uh uh I thought to be honest this whole thing would be you know as soon as this past week would be uh a big advantage for the Isles with uh Devils and then uh, the range uh, the, the Capitals when they had all the guys out and those really didn't uh, didn't really do much for us actually and so the Isles are on a five game losing streak at this point uh, so you could tell that really didn't um, wow. play in our favor uh, so I guess I'll go um, since I'm talking already Isles uh, had a pretty pretty shitty last few games and tonight would have been just uh, another game to play. Um, not to say they played bad uh, during this entire stretch. So first game with the, against the Capitals, uh, team was uh, looking to try and, you know, get things moving. We've had like a – I thought we were about, about to turn the tide and or get over the, the hump of, of maybe getting over this mediocrity and some of the back and forth of wins and losses. Um, anyway, Marlon was in net. Uh, Capitals are wearing their Rangers jerseys. Uh, on the uh, 26th. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen them, but they Nick, look... Cool. Nick absolutely fucking hates those jerseys, I, man. They look... They confuse the hell out of me. Uh, I think in person, they probably look pretty decent, but when you're watching the game, I couldn't tell I was even watching Capitals. My brain kept, like... It kept looking like the uh, the uh, the Liberty jersey um, because of the... The, the, the colors. Yeah. The colors and the stripes. They look almost identical from, like, that perspective of the game. You know, not up close. Like, obviously, it's very different. But when you're watching in motion, it's, like, really strange. But just in general, it's a weird combination. Like, uh, so much blue on those on those jerseys. Um, it didn't look like the Capitals. Like, you're used to seeing them, like, the primary white. Yeah. Uh, or the primary, you know, uh, red. You know, kind of just makes it look. Those are, like, the, the kind of what I look for when I see that jersey. But I don't know. Anyway, um, early on, we had a couple goals back and forth. Uh First, first period, uh, both by uh, defenseman Carlson for the, for Washington. Uh, Noah Dobson got his first goal of the year on a screened uh, long shot. 
second period, uh, Barzal scored on a nice on a turnover in the in the Washington zone, which was really a really pretty forehanded backhand move he made. Um, super fast, super silky mitts. Love watching goals like that. And it always reminds you when he, when you see him do something like that. But yeah, he's he's just gonna be a, he's a special player. Guys, not many guys on our team can do that at all. <laughs> Let alone in that speed and that quick of a of a move of a move. A late goal and a quick shot on a three on three play, it, which didn't look like a dangerous play at all. Uh, Varlamov just didn't have the. I don't know if he didn't pick it up in time or they were between the circles on the shot, and uh, it was like all three Washington players and like the three aisles were like right around them. The puck just happened to come right to the one guy, ripped it. Daniel sprung and he ripped a shot before, you know, probably probably didn't have a, a couldn't Another really move. when playing in, playing in yeah. Washington, but it was Another one of those 18 innocuous plays that changed the whole fast of the game. Right. Right before the, the end of the period, a few minutes left, but nevertheless, just kind of like went from a two, one game to all of a sudden two, two going to the third, at which point then um, the whole, I felt like this kind of just was really the, the start of the, sh- the shit show. Uh, Komarov made it uh, like pretty much into, pretty far into the period. I think it was like 11, 12 minutes into the period. He uh, has a boarding call called against him. He makes us a bad, you know, check into the back of uh, one of the, of the oh, was it, um, I forget who from the Capitals it was. Um, not Sherry. Eller? It was Eller. He got a, basically it was a, a no brainer, major penalty, and uh, essentially kind of blew. We went from a tie game to a five-minute power play now for the other team, a major, and so you're, you're just kind of trying to kill it off. Um, they seemed to do it. They were able to get through it, and it was like a major, you know, like, okay, we, we, we broke through it. Now we get to hopefully score a goal, and um, nothing happened. Uh, Washington was still hot. They hit the post, uh, I think, at least once on the, on the uh, power play, and then um, they ended up scoring the goal with 30 seconds to go in the game. So not only did we lose, but we didn't get the fucking penalty, the point to get in the overtime. It sucked. And the, the shot was a nice shot. Quick, quick, uh, quick entry. And just one of those like real, like one quick pass rip shot. Barlamov got beat. Overall, this was like, so no, no pavilion this game. Uh, we had Bellows and, uh, and Johnson on the third line with Kumar, Komarov on the second line for, for Bavilia when he was out. So this was not really great, you know, with Komarov, I was really pissed about it. Just that the fact that, you know, I didn't want to see him on the second line anyway, but that he fucking basically caused us to lose the game, essentially. Um, all momentum was sucked out of it, even though they killed the penalty and everything. Washington came out of that penalty and they were just, they were still, they were on fire. They were like, they were buzzing. They were buzzing. We just couldn't, couldn't hold off. Uh, notably, Bellows had some power play time. Um, Pollock had 25 minutes. He had both pay, uh, power play and penalty kill chunks. He was like, he played a ton of time. Dobson had 17 minutes, um, mostly no, because of no, P, no PK time. There wasn't a lot of penalties in the game. It's just, um, you know, it was all kind of, it looks worse than it is with the, the boarding penalty. Isles were over three on the power play. Isles had about, it was, so the, we've been talking face-offs this thing. We have fear 50-50 on the, in this game. Uh, we've been very dominant in power in the uh, faceoffs all season, and this was a stretch where we were we went through in this week where we we actually were even or just just under um, all week. So really good faceoff wins uh, for both teams. Neither team really won that battle. 
and it really sucked the wind out of it because everything because the Caps were missing major players and Oshi was uh, was really good. He was really good in this this game, and he was like he was clearly the lead, you know, stepping up and being the the, the main guy there, and uh, he was very noticeable. He had a post late in the in the power play, and you know was just pissed me off because <laughs> he he was playing well, and you know we we should have been we should have won this game. This was a game that was really handed to us with those guys out. So now it's a couple days later we play him again. And um, this was a very different game. This was one of those games that I like to forget because uh, I sat down to watch the game and game starts off with Wallstrom getting his first goal, career goal, which is awesome. Off a deflection off of a Caps player. It was a shot that wasn't really supposed to even hit the net. Bounced off a Caps player and went in. And uh, hey, sometimes you, these guys get a goal that's out of nowhere. And um, it, was, it was his first game of the year. And from the taxi squad, Gets his first goal and pretty early in the game, uh, the halfway through the period. So he scores the goal. All of a sudden, momentum starts to turn. Sezika scores uh, under 30 seconds later on a deflection from a great shot pass from, from Clutterbuck. And then before the end of the period, uh, Anders Lee scores a, a rebound on a power play. We're up 3 nothing. Going to the, into the, the second period, the first period was, like, really dominant. They looked really good. I was thinking this is going to be that – this. The, Barry, Barry yelled at them a lot and got them all riled up. And then uh, they came out and, and were really looking like they were going to just dominate this game. And to be honest, even the, the previous game, the, the, it was, there was no period I felt like they got dominated except for the third period where they just were out, you know, once you have a second half of the third period where you're, you start with a five-minute major. They, they didn't win that period for sure. So anyway, uh, second period comes around and uh, halfway through the period, uh, Sherry scores in the slot, a rebound off of a shot that hit, uh, hit him, basically hit him. He turned, he picked it, picked it up, shot it real quick. Varlamov was, was, uh, was screen. He couldn't see the puck. It was a good shot. It was a good goal. Um, but it started the, essentially the next couple minutes of, uh, of goals. And so fun fact, I actually was walking the dogs or, uh, putting kids to bed at this time. So I walked out of the room. It was three nothing. Uh, I came back. It was three three, huh. uh, and there was only three minutes of gameplay time gone. I almost turned the TV off, went to bed. I just was like, <laughs> "Are you fucking kidding me?" Because I couldn't, it couldn't believe that the game. I had to rewind it now since you know streaming it. So I was able to rewind it, go and relive the nightmare. Right. So uh, that was a good goal. Um, but then uh, another goal, a couple minutes. Yeah, about a minute and 10 later, a uh, long pass, a uh, long outlet pass to um, Connor Sheary, and he gets a shot in net, and Barley just it goes through him. Uh, he should have had that one, and that set the next goal a minute later, and basically just power play goal. Oh, another goal. I, I don't think I wrote right what happened on this one. Third goal happens, and then after that, another a power play goal by John Carlson, a few minutes left. Three or three more, three more minutes later. So in a span of five minutes of game time, we we went from three zero to to losing the game four to four to three, and then and the period, uh, Chara gets a long shot to go in that uh, go in and the Capitals you know mob him because it's his first goal as a Capital, and uh, basically uh, five goal periods are fucking terrible. Um, so this was just a shit show. And I don't have much notes on the third period because I kind of was spacing out that time, to be honest. Um, empty netter at the end of the game. The fucking 
Trotz must have been fucking losing his mind between periods. Oh, notes in the game. It was Wallstrom's first goal. He was game of the season. I mean, uh, he was playing with uh, Paggio and Bellows. So we had two rookies on the same line and they looked pretty good. They, I did not think I was a little concerned that they would, they wouldn't play them together because of rookies and they don't have a lot of NHL time at all. Obviously um, Wallstrom had a nine game stint previously. This is kind of Bellows first time around. So really not a lot, um, but this, they looked pretty good. And every game, Bell is beginning better. Um, it seems like uh, from from just from the experience of like getting those those minutes in, he's less and less nervous on those passes and stuff. Komarov was on the second line again. He got a little face washing a few times during the, the game from the Washington Caps. No surprise. There was no. It, I don't think I don't. We have, have you guys seen any real fights in these games? Like I haven't seen any fights on the Isles. I think maybe one this whole season. I we, think we had would, if I remember correctly, is the only devil to get into a fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last night's game, Rangers Penguins at the end of the first period, it was uh, Howden and uh, somebody else. Somebody got his ass kicked. I can't remember. Oh, it was Kapanen. It was Cat. What? Kapanen. It was Kapanen. Right. Yeah. So I was surprised. Um, but they didn't have any kind of real, they didn't like go and beat him up or anything. They just gave him some face washing and told him he was a dick. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but the other, aside from, Aside from the, uh, the the score, like you look at the stats, you watch the game. The Isles basically outside of the period where they just had a complete meltdown. They basically dominated all the num everything in the in the game. Otherwise, like they had thirty shots to twenty three, fifty five percent win percentage in the power play, nineteen you know nineteen hits to fifteen. They had five. Uh, they did have uh, less blocks, and they had five. Uh, five giveaways, which was kind of, you know, that's where they really got in trouble. It's the opportunities that they didn't convert on. And that's kind of the story they've had this year. They've, they've been this year. And this is their, their team, right? The team, the Isles are a very opportunistic team. They don't get a lot of goals. They got to play real solid defense. But if they don't score their opportunities and they let the other team do it, they have no chance of coming back. It's just very difficult. Um, and that's, that's kind of the story throughout the week. We then laid the game into the Flyers on um, – uh, was this the 30th was what's uh, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Yeah, you're right. Saturday. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so the first, so we were hoping for, uh, so we got zero points in Washington, uh, by the way, two games, no points. Real great. In the, in Philly, uh, first line, the fourth line to start the game. They, they don't look that great. Um, then we had some back and forth with, uh, Teams flying around. Bills had some look pretty good again. He was playing on um, on the line with uh, uh, I think who was he was he playing Johnson this game? I forget if uh, if that was the case. Uh, oh, Walsham. He had Walsham again this game. Okay, so they were they played one more game together. Uh, there was some sh- some changes later in the next game. Anyway, uh, Isles give up uh, a turnaround. Have a turnover. They, they basically play pretty well. Turnover uh, turns into a Flyers goal. And um, Bellows at this point, and I think with about five minutes left in the period, had both shots on net for the Isles. Isles had just no shots on net. Power play looked okay, penalty, but the but the Flyers the penalty kill is very aggressive, and Isles fold on power play on against the uh, aggressive power, power, power penalty kills. It's pretty bad. Like they just have a very difficult time getting the puck into the zone, and they are just wilting when it comes to 
aggressive power uh, penalty kill. And I don't think it's any secret. Every time we've had the last few games that we've been coming out, um, the aggressive penalty kill is just, just eating our power play alive. Mm-hmm. Wallstrom had another nice little shot. Uh, Wolf was the D. It's a good little shot uh, on net. But, you know, I think it was both goals. Uh, it was no second goal by the Flyers. I think both of them were basically like, you know, it wasn't a lot going on. It was just turnovers and they didn't have a lot of other, other pieces to the, to the reasons why they should have had much of the, of the, of a, of a, um, of a lead there. Just Isles not being, um, not, not, not uh, just give up the turn of the puck and the bad spots and not, uh, not, not getting their own goals. It wasn't a lot of shots either in the first period. In intermission, uh, it was interesting. I, I bring this up because um, this is Matt Martin's 700th game in the NHL, which I didn't realize he had played 700. It's pretty <laughs> notable for guys primarily played fourth line minutes his whole career. And in the intermission, they were taught, had a little story on Sam Morin, place of the Flyers, and he said in his like interview that he looked up to Matt Martin as growing up watching him play, and uh, he's like watches him like 30 minutes of tape of him every day to like before he goes to bed watching the little things he does. Cause I guess he's like a very similar type of player um, looking at like his career as a fourth liner. So it was interesting to see that, like, cause you don't see too many times where like, you know, someone looks up to another fourth liner, hmm. but then you think about it, you're like, you know, Martin could play close to a thousand games his career. If he plays out his contract and stays healthy and then maybe has another season or two, he could probably get close to that. So um, anyway, the second period they started and they had a mixture of, of line mates, Bailey, they moved him up to the, to the first line with Barzal and Lee. They looked a lot sharper. Uh, they put Bills in the second power play unit with uh, uh, during the during the game, during that period. He had a I noted he had a shot on net during the power play. But the the big story here is in the same period is we had two goals, both where the defense gets involved. And from last year, that was a very important thing. And I've and they they need to get the defense. Uh, they need to they need to have some pinching going on to help get the offense going. It, that's it. Just happened to be the way that they the way we set up in the offensive zone uh, when when we have a defenseman pinching and they typically helps us get a much higher chance to score a goal. I, I I didn't look at the numbers from last year on like number you know goals you know where assist by a defenseman or anything like that. Um, but I remember a lot of it happening from you know from Letty from uh, from from Pollock, from Devon Taves. That was, they'd, they'd be constantly be pinching in, in Boychuk sometimes, you know, getting the puck in deep, keeping it deep and getting the puck cycled and, and getting shots for the point. And both goals came off of just those exact type of things. Mayfield uh, scored a goal. Uh, Letty kept it deep and he was able to get, the puck was able to get cycled back to hit to Mayfield for a shot at the point for a goal. On the first goal, Pellick uh, dove in with the puck and was able to feed uh, he came around the net, fed uh, Eberle in the front, and those goals wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the defense, you know, really jumping in the play. And outside of that, um, third line, third period happened. Uh, the first line was buzzing; they were playing real well, but uh, power play was terrible. Uh, could not do anything. wasn't a lot of uh, anything. I think both teams were pretty even in a lot of ways. Uh, I wrote down cover up sucks needs to get. Get him back to uh, get him back to uh, the taxi squad. Kind of <laughs> sick and tired of watching him play. Barzal had a lot of opportunities, and he should have had a few points in the game. Um, he just 
wasn't able to, to convert or, you know, missed a shot, missed a pass. Uh, but he was in on a lot of opportunities. He was all over the place. Game went to overtime. Honestly, I, overtime was really bad. The Isles really – I don't know why this year they've, they've looked really bad in overtime. Uh, previous years they've done this little, like, thing since Trots came on when the three-on-three started. They would do this little, like, uh, play where they, they bring the puck out and uh, back out of the zone if it wasn't, wasn't looking good. Teams would start to change, and they'd fire a quick pass and try and get a, a quick odd man oh, rush. okay. And then, you know, or, and then they would do that a few times. And maybe it's just, you know, the, the league figured out that was a play. You could just – you don't have to keep it in the zone. You see it all yeah. the time. People just – if they're, if they're getting pressure or they're going to lose the puck, they want to keep the puck, right? Three-on-three three is a total puck possession thing. You see him throwing it back to the goalie even, too. Yeah. You got to yeah. keep the puck. You lose the puck, you might not get it back, and you might get scored on. And um, you know, this year it's like completely night and day. They they looked much better last year in overtime throughout the year, and this year it's like they there was like a lack of organization, a lack of like what they were doing. It looked like they were just winging it, and things weren't working. You also got to watch out for those overtimes, Nick. The goalie plays the puck wrong, and all of a sudden your punch, your defenseman gets yeah. punched in the face and gets. <laughs> so you got to be careful. That's true. True. Um, anyway, uh, I, I wrote down, you know, both uh, Letty gave the puck up, Everly gave the puck up, Dobson, Dobson gives, uh, he gave Lawton too much room on uh, on a play he came in on. Uh, he came, like, he went way right, came straight across the middle and uh, waited him out. And then he, Varlov went down too early and had a basically crab, crab kind of walk back to the, the post and he didn't have enough, he just was too far out. He committed too early, and uh, that was all she wrote. Overtime, game over. And the overall thing I wrote was uh, better. You know, they, they played way better, but the Flyers converted on two turnovers early, and they just – Isles couldn't get – they had a lot of opportunities and couldn't get them. And uh, they should have had a point – they should have had a win in this game. They outshot the, the Flyers almost 2-1. to one. It was 28-17 to 17 shots. They outshot them massively in the second and third. They just The first period was they had – very few shots, but uh, over four in the power play, uh, couldn't do much. Only guy in the, in the sin bin for the Isles this game was Barzal, and I bring that up because in the next game it's a little more important. Last game of the week, and so in the uh, fourth in the fourth game of the week, it would have been almost fifth if we had tonight's game, right? Hmm. Uh, so they switched up a little bit on this game. The kids came out. They left. Uh, they put in. Um, they actually did three guys out. So Komarov, they finally threw him out, hopefully back to Russia. Uh, Timoshov, uh, it was a signing we had um, uh, or late in the late in the in the, in the offseason. Uh, we actually sort of traded for his rights, and then um, he didn't get signed till pretty late. So I was surprised to see him come on in, uh, in where he ended up uh, slotting in. He ended up being on the second line uh, where Komarov was playing. So it was interesting to see. He played, I think, third and fourth line minutes for the Red Wings last year. And then we had uh, Michael Dalcole and um, Austin uh, Sarnik also on the third line. Those two guys slotted in for Bellows and Wallstrom. And I had never really seen uh, Timoshov or Sarnik play. So it was gonna, it was like uh, I had you know, new numbers, guys to watch, and um, had no idea what they, look, they were going to look like. They actually, it was interesting. They put uh, Sarnik ended up getting time on the power play and shorthanded. He played a lot of interesting spots and he was starting on the third line, maybe just because of position more so than they didn't provide. Not so much that Timoshav or him are better. 
and the other, I think it was just, you know, right wing versus left wing. But uh, Sorkin also started this game. Uh, and so we were always hoping for, open to God that he could give him some goals. Uh, he had not really had any support. And, how, uh, how has he been? I, I mean, I only saw him against, against the Rangers. And so that, I mean, I can't even count that game. So yeah. how's it been since then? So he, the first two games he played, he had, the Isles got shut out both games. So he had zero goal support in two straight games. And I think that played into the first game he got shelled. Second game, he looked better, but still some shaky spots. Um, like I said, they didn't get, they had no goals for him. So yeah, what are you going to do? Um, this game, he looked a little better in some areas. And then he also, like, he made some pretty big saves where, like, you're like, oh, this is why he's highly touted. And he made a couple couple of really nice saves, really awesome glove uh, save on a guy, open, wide open shot on the left. Um, I forget, I think it was the third period, second period, I can't remember which, which one. And then he had a late, I think in overtime, he had a big kick save. Maybe in third period. Um, but anyway, uh, he, he looked good in some areas. But then there's the other parts of the game, which didn't go so well. Um, he had uh, first, uh, let me get to the goals really quick about, against him. Uh, he had a, I wrote he had an early uh, big save, um, which looked pretty good. We had a five on three, a pal, a penal, uh, it was a five on three p, uh, penalty kill, which they got through. And it wasn't until uh, a little bit later, let's see, I think, yep, uh, Hayes had a breakaway on the on the penalty kill during our power play, which is fucking awesome to watch. So another team get a, a <laughs> fucking better opportunity on the penalty kill than, than you get on the power play. Um, he actually beat Sorkin, but uh, he hit the post. So that was the first post of the game, but he was clearly beaten. Um, and I, I kind of factored that in into a few of these things here. Um, the fourth line was looking way better this game, um, but they, they didn't convert in the first. Um, and then uh, it looked like well, we got pinched in, um, and then the quick, it was a quick shot by the fly, Flyers. Uh, Joel uh, Faraby scored, uh, scored a, it was a real nice goal, and then um, it was a really fast turnaround play. Sorkin didn't have a lot of time to adjust. And this was this is kind of where I was going to go with this was that the first goal and the second goal were very similar where they were very quick, like one, two pass shots that I couldn't tell if it's because if, if it's, he's not aware of if he's adjusting to the speed of the NHL or if it's just like, it's happening too quick and like, you know, dead to rights kind of thing. But both passes seemed like they were passes that he could have maybe made himself bigger, or maybe he just isn't really used to that having to be, having guys pick corners at the speed at the, which they're doing in the NHL. Um, the first two goals were both basically corner pick corners off quick shots by the same guy by Farabee. And, yeah. Uh, so he's going, he's going from a larger rank to a smaller rank. So those passes are definitely going from tape to tape a lot quicker than, than what he's used to. Yeah. Yeah. And so Farabee got the, the he got the second goal when that was like the same kind of quick pass, uh, Isles didn't pick up a guy and well, didn't pick up Faraby and he scored on, um, he scored on a, a real nice shot. But again, it was like another quick shot that, um, that he just didn't have, he couldn't get to quickly quick enough. He just didn't have that movement. And let me see in the second period. Yep. Uh, so Barzal had, a uh, Barzal has been interesting this week. I mentioned in the last really quickly in the last game, he had a two minutes penalty. He had two more penalties in this game 
And um, he also has been drawing penalties, but it's been like strange because he's had uh, this one big flaw in his game this year has been uncharacteristic penalties. Just he's this year, he's like almost doubled his penalty minutes. Oh, not doubled, but uh, halved his penalty minutes from last year. Mind you, we've only played 10 games. He took um, some boneheaded mm-hmm. ones against the Rangers, too. I remember yeah, that. He did, Especially it, in that it, second game. It's a little inflated. He was that in the box he, three times in that game, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. It was a little inflated this um this week because he had a, a 10-minute misconduct at the end of the uh, was it the Flyers game, uh, the first Flyers or Washington game. Yeah, the second Washington game, he had a 10-minute misconduct at the end. Um, but uh, two, two, what did you say? Two? two? Steve? I thought he took three against the Rangers in that game. No, no. Yeah, it was two no, in that game. It was three. Well, anyway, uh, getting on uh, in the second period, the uh, Fairby completed his, uh, his – he had a hat trick. He had his third goal, uh, second and third goals in the second period. There was two more posts against Sorokin in this period. So, basically, he was beaten six times. Uh, three goals, three posts in by the second period. So, you know, he made some big saves, but, like, if you, take the, if you keep the posts in mind, he's definitely getting beat. And I think it was, you know, at that point in the game, it was, it was three to one, you know, he's looking like another loss. He's no goals, not enough goal support. Uh, defense is not, is just not getting to their guys in time. <laughs> um, and then uh, we get to the third period and all of a sudden they came out way red hot, played way better. Josh Bailey gets his first of the year on deflection and, you know, very shifting the lines up um, a few minutes later. Uh, Barzal scores on a uh, league. It's a lead of Barzal on a broken play. It was an absolute beauty of a, of a, of a little, you know, pass. Uh, Barzal had well, tons of open, open real estate to score on that, on that shot. I wrote down Michael Cole looked pretty good. This game He's a guy I've, I've really ragged on a lot, but he looked pretty decent Drew a penalty late in the third. Um, but the damn penalty kill that uh, the penalty power play we have is just, was, was horrible this game. Um, they were one for six and looked like they just couldn't get the puck in the in the zone most of the time. It was just really, really bad. Um, and uh, the aggressive penalty kill just completely nullified any any semblance of a power play in that last power play. There was a – Sorkin did have a big save on a three-on-two. It was at, near at the end of the period. That was the, the pad save that I was, I was uh, referring to earlier. And that kept us – you know, kept the, t- kept the tide. They get to the overtime, get a point, so two nights in a row, two points. But then um, they look bad again in overtime, basically just turnovers left and right. Barzal gets a penalty in overtime, and that basically sealed the deal. They, you know, power play, puck bounces out to the, you know, off of a, off of a shot. Sorkin didn't see, have to see it in any time, just quick shoot and shot and score by Kevin Hayes. Uh, it sucked because you could tell he was pretty dejected. So after the, like right after the game, Sorkin's like skating off and the guys are all, they're all giving him like, give him the taps and he just. Nobody you know, called him a commie? No, no. Opposite. No, because wow. you know what? That's the thing is, you know. You, you, His teammates are respectful. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> I think it's, they, they recognize that they've, they've not played well in front of him. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's really sucky. Like the first two games, so I wrote down when he, they first scored in the, it's a, they put on the, they actually put this on the, on the freaking, uh, during the game. It was 140 minutes of play before the Isles scored with him in net. 
That's, that's a lot. Seven periods of zero goals from the Isles. And this is his first three games is in the NHL. So, I mean, I, well, I again, that that's one of the reasons why the Islanders are where they are in the standings right now. And, yeah, and they're yeah. right with the Rangers and Rangers had, you know, very similar things. And, and, yeah. you know, puck bounces one way, punk bounces the other way. And, you know, that's where you find yourself in the, in the bottom two of an eight team division. And mm-hmm. maybe we let's, let's look at the teams that are in the, at least in the middle in, at least in one of them who's actually in the playoffs by and that's the penguins as as decimated as they are on the back end of their defense they're still in the fourth spot they're only three games out of last place or three points out of last place but they're in the, the last playoff spot right now bill you want them just to stop the count right now yeah yeah stop the count stop the it's count interesting that's because uh, yeah because if the season ended today everybody would be like we all only played 10 freaking games why is the season ending right already? <laughs> um yeah but the penguins uh well yeah we'll continue our, our trip around the bottom end of the uh division here um the penguins yeah right now are in the are in the fourth spot but um i i think it, it's becoming very apparent that they're not a playoff team and if they were to to grab a playoff spot it, it would only be out of attrition well uh, let me ask you a question you got philly washington boston Playoff yep. teams, hands down. It's going to go. Absolutely. Everybody's said that at the beginning of the season. That's the way it's looking right now. Then you have then you have Pittsburgh, Jersey, Buffalo, Islanders, Rangers. Who's the playoff team out of those five? Out of those five teams, who's the playoff team? Should be the Islanders. That's tough. Honestly, yeah, I, I would say it should be the Islanders. They, I'm waiting for they them played, to be the team. We played four games this week against the top two teams. Yeah, they should not have lost all four games. They looked. They were in all four games. They should have won the two against Philly, one against Washington where they imploded. And in the first game against Washington, they, it was a tight game. I mean, they've played – now Washington did have guys out, but the Philly game – Philly didn't have that same excuse. And yeah, but, we, look, we but look at the Rangers. They played the bottom – you know, the bottom fours, and they were – they were, with the exception of the first game versus the Islanders, they were in every game, every game. Yeah. One, one puck bounce here or there, and they're in the upper echelons. So yeah. like it's really tough. It's we don't know. Everybody's I, in every game. As we Everybody's as we said game. early in the season, right? This is like a very tough division. There's not a lot of separation. No. I think I I Boston's the team I I pegged as the guy, the team that would that would pull away. And they're right there with Philly and Washington. I had them those three picked as the, the three with the Isles. But well, Boston's goal differential is a plus ten, by the way. And Philly's uh, and Washington's yeah. only a plus four. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. mind boggling. Penguins are a minus seven, Billy. Yeah, a minus seven. Terrible. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm telling you. Plus minus is not really a great stat. Look at the Rangers minus one and they have three points to have nine games. I mean, it's not really. A, a, I, I understood, it, but know, they, they could have two or three more wins just like the Islanders all, could too. Right. But it's a, it's an indicative that, you know, the Rangers should be, should have a couple more wins. I mean, they should, but they, should. they don't. If my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle, right? So they don't. <laughs> so back to the Penguins, <laughs> I guess. Back to the Penguins, and and that's and that's what I'm, you know, and and to your point, some of y'all feel like your teams could be doing a little bit better. They're real close to this and that. The Penguins at five, four, and one at the NHL's version of five hundred have absolutely maxed out on every single goal that they've scored this season. For the most, I mean, pretty much that's that's the story. They have been down in every game they've played. They have played from behind in every single one of these 10 games. They've had a third period lead for, for 91 seconds. 
and somehow they've they've got five wins in ten games. Well, naturally, the answer to that is they they won one in regulation, and and they've been really good in overtime and and shootouts. And um, you know, Tom, you you went through the the one overtime with uh, the the Rangers. You you went through that play by play. Uh, about that one, I'll only say you know what. I know it. I know it turned into fisticuffs on the Ranger side, but um, yeah, the 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 goal by by Crosby. I mean, there, there's got to be some kind of book out on Georgiev. Why would Crosby get that open look in the slot right where he was with that exhausted team there, and he takes his shot along the ice, goes five hole on the ice, not even like five hole over the stick. So uh, that tells me, you know, he he probably. Uh, did some homework there and and I, or, I or he muffed it maybe he muffed it no it Unlikely. didn't like he did. <laughs> it didn't really look like he did but i i he also had d'angelo in front of him doing absolutely nothing in front of him waving his stick at him so he did have a, a really nice screen yeah. um on the play too so that could have been and, it and d'angelo yeah, yeah but I mean, if a goalie but if a goalie is square up to a shooter right your stick is there to cover your five hole along the ice well, so like Bill's it, saying, it, maybe there's maybe there's a scouting report that says, yeah, but it's not like it went five hole to raise center. his stick. Yeah, it, but it didn't go five hole dead center. It was more toward okay. skate under the pad. Right. So it's, okay. it's he shot he shot to the other side of the heel of the stick. There was a little bit of space there. Yeah. And uh, okay. Yeah, you you can't usually shoot for that when there's a five on five because somebody's going to deflect that away with ease. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that was interesting, but. Uh, really, the story with the Penguins. I mean, uh, uh, a week ago we were here tonight. They were playing the Bruins. They had a pretty good game. They had come back and and uh, from a two nothing deficit in the third period. Uh, they're, they're always playing from behind. They're pretty good at playing from behind. Um, and they've forced an overtime in that game. And obviously, uh, the infamous uh, Malkin and Latang two on zero that didn't even turn into a shot. Uh, that that Malkin just telegraphed a like a one to pass too many across the, across the crease and Rask just tipped it away. Um, I mean, that, that kind of set the tone for the week thereafter, um, you know, after that game and before they play their next game, uh, their GM quit. So uh, Jim Rutherford uh, decided that for quote unquote, personal reasons that he was leaving the organization. Um, and so that, you know, that then started the, the whole rumor mill, you know, um, I, I saw one about uh, uh, he was he had disagreements with ownership with Lemieux like uh, Rutherford might have wanted to trade away uh, one of their big three like Latang Le- Crosby Malkin he he might have wanted to start dealing with one of those guys try to rebuild it and and they said that that there's no way they want them to retire Penguins or Earth whatever I don't know where stories like this come from I don't know what how much you could how much credence you could put in that if there was any disagreement with management or if, you know, the 71 year old Rutherford legitimately had something uh, wanted to step away for personal reasons. I mean, he certainly earned his uh, retirement. Um, I, he never struck me as a, as a quitter. Um, but I can't, you know, I can't really say, I can't really say what, what happened there. I just, I just don't know what the situation was there, but um, I, I could tell you categorically that there's no truth to the rumor that, he was on a he was on a group text with Jared Porter and Mickey Calloway and all these you know powerful coaches sending you know ridiculous uh, 
pictures to, to be they'd, they'd all still have jobs if they just sent those pictures to each other <laughs> instead of to women yeah, it would have been a good that would have been much better but no he wasn't he wasn't part of that uh, whatsoever that, that's not that's not jimmy yeah uh, i mean uh rutherford was a, a former penguins player too and i mean he's 70 he's 71 yeah probably has a I jitterbug did. phone that's why he couldn't send the pictures <laughs> All those years he spent in in Carolina, he he was retired after he it was done in Carolina, and he, he decided to come back with the with the Penguins uh, and unretire. So, you know, knew he couldn't have been much longer. But you said last week that you had a conversation with Rutherford. So, did you maybe say something to him when you're on the phone? <laughs> that, no. Well, let's well. That kind of gets us to where we could speculate why he actually left. I mean, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, you, know. you you don't, Jimmy, you don't sound good. What is there something wrong? <laughs> why would he sound good? Look at the mess. You he's know got. what, Bill? You you might be right. I I might be sick. Sick of Sorry. signing defensemen off the street, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I mean, to me, I, when I think he, maybe he just got to the point where he realized that he was not going to be around for the any kind of return to glory of this team mm. i mean he he might have just got to the point is like it, it all it's only going to get worse from here because uh, i mean seriously it's it's uh it could actually get a lot better billy because the gm that you could get could be chris drury so do me a favor stay the fuck away from chris drury i still need him for at least another couple of years to develop people and to we still got a couple more drafts i need him in so stay the fuck away from him for another at least two years well, the last I heard is that uh, that the Rangers aren't letting them talk. No, to, they, get, talk they to gave him. yeah, they gave him permission. They, oh, they, they gave, gave permission? permission as long as he was a, considered a serious candidate. And why wouldn't he be? Yeah. Well, he's on the list, and it's interesting because there's there's oh, it's a fairly large list. Um, but Jury's on the list. I saw Kevin Weeks is on the list today. That was the first time I heard that one. Um, really? Yeah. How about this? They were there's rumors that Fitzgerald was on the list and the Devils denied permission for them to talk to him. Not was. I, I think it's I think it's I don't think it's a rumor. I think it's is that right? Very, very, very uh definitely he's their first choice. I I mean that's, I, from everything that's that some seen, nerve. That's a lateral move. That's not a promotion unless yeah, they make yeah, him and, president or something. And I don't see any reason that the devils should let them talk to I mean, he is their GM. I mean, I don't understand you know i don't see why he should but but there's there's a lot of talk that they would that they might keep somebody in the interim wait it out because he's only got the the contract through the year and and i think there's people around the organization that are heavily assuming that that's where fitzgerald would prefer to be yeah um and and there's also the guy that uh went out to uh to be the assistant gm in um seattle i'm looking up his name again right now but he, he was also a guy that was in the penguins organization uh da, 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 sorry chris does chris drury's name again tom fitzgerald's name again oh ron hextall's name on that list Fuck no, no, I, I, you can't be serious is is garth snow up there too oh that would be great <laughs> no no garth snow J- jason botterill that's the guy out in seattle that that was um working under rutherford for a while as well so that that's um but so, neil smith is neil smith on the list Oh, that'd be a dream. The football player from Kansas City? No, no, not the football player. But, you know, I, I was thinking about it, as you were saying, it's some nerve that the Penguins have. But if it's a place where, where Fitzgerald actually wants to be, then it's not so absurd. 
if it was just out of the blue, this is your GM and we want him, can we talk to him? Unless the guy actually wants to be there. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see any, but I, I mean, I, I don't think it's strange that they want him. And I don't think it's strange if Fitzgerald wants to be, be there, but you know, the way things worked out with Rutherford, leaving when he did during the middle of the season, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't blame the devils for not giving him permission. That's no, and I wouldn't either. He's under contract. Let him finish yeah. out. His, let him finish out the year. Absolutely. But, but, but when uh, it comes we'll to the assistance, man, you, you should have fair game at any assistant that you guys. Yeah. Want. Yeah. If it's a move up, that's different. No doubt. Except for Drew. Uh, Fuck away. And side, side note there, there's their interim GM, Patrick Alvin. Um, it, every time I see his name, the, the guy that, that K- Casey used to play at a, with the ducks uh, travel team in Jersey. And that was run by a guy named Patrick Alvin. And every time I see the name, I'm like, wait a minute, how the hell did he get into the Penguins? Organization? <laughs> he did sense. a really good job with the ducks and, was, and got yeah. the incredible. Apparently he got the call up. Yeah. Then I see there's two L's in Alvin and I'm like, Oh, that guy. Okay. So yeah, I mean the the Penguins have had to, to try to turn the page with without you know uh, their their GM the last week and and uh, their their next game in Boston they just got wiped off the map. I mean uh, they they just got thumped like uh, like they hadn't been thumped since uh, the the first series of the season against the Flyers. Fuck the Flyers. Fuck the Flyers. Uh, Fuck the Flyers. Welcome. And, and they had to move on from there. And and during this time, they keep on losing defensemen. Uh, um, since last week, Dumoulin went down. I think Dumoulin went down during while we were talking last week. I think Dumoulin got hurt. Um, another long term injury to a, a, one of their top pair defensemen. Then their other top pair defensemen went down uh, the the next game against the Rangers. Um, Chris Letang. Uh, don't know yet what if he's long-term or short-term, they haven't given any kind of update on him over the last several days. Nothing. That was, that was evaluated. Saturday, Bill. That was um, Saturday. They, they haven't said anything. They, you, I mean, I don't know if everybody's in this boat, but the you get zero about Penguins injuries. No, I mean, Absolutely. I get you, but still, yeah. that was Saturday. They had upper, lower body. I mean, what are we talking about here? Well, lower. I mean, we think it's lower based on what we saw in the, in the replay pulling up and, and limping off, but that's about all we got. Um, so it was, you know, back to uh, trying to find defensemen for this team. They, they signed um, uh, Yannick Weber, uh, veteran of many years, who was played 41 games for, for Nashville last season and had just been sitting around uh, with nobody calling through uh, free agency. So, uh, so they, they picked him up. Um, he's a, he's, he, he's played one or two games. He's a minus three. Um, then they picked up uh, Kevin Churchman. Well, he Churchman was on the taxi squad. Somehow the name Churchman is spelled without an R, but it has two Z's. I don't. I yeah, don't... I I saw that. I was like, how how do you pronounce his name? Because we're gonna have to do that. <laughs> and I'm glad John Forslund did it on NBC Sports. But going back to Yannick Weber, if I have to hear the story of him driving to New York for 13 hours to get there in time for the game, I might kill somebody. <laughs> You got time all, or this guy? That's all Pierre Maguire talked about. Oh, well, I, I could in on some of what you were missing with Sam and, and uh, Joe Micheletti. I mean, good Lord. Well, I mean, Sam was on Mars somewhere calling the game, so I'm sure. <laughs> now, how many excuse me's did he have during the game? Oh, I, I, I his excuse me. Olivia like Joseph with the puck. Oh, excuse me. That was Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Yeah. Fun, fun, fun times. Um, <laughs> 
So, yeah, so they're, they're, I mean, they're literally uh, signing defensemen off the street. I mean, uh, you know, Weber hadn't played, uh, had to, off the street, he had to, he had to travel those 13 hours to New York. Um, Churchman, Churchman's last game in the NHL was seven years ago, from what I heard. Uh, he played like 15 wow. games with the Islanders at some point. Wait a minute. Ooh. Wait a minute. This guy travels 13 hours yeah. after Oops. just signing with the team and played Monday night? Uh, no, I think he, he didn't have to up. go through any testing Fair or anything. Well, that's a good question. Maybe he's already in the. I was Wait, surprised. Yeah. Hmm. I was surprised about that too. I said, "Well, if they could sign somebody, but how long do they got to wait until they can actually put him in the line?" Huh. Oh, maybe he tested. Negative. Maybe they were different maybe. rules. Oh, wait, wait! It's the Penguins. Different rules. <laughs> they maybe. might have. Hopefully. They might have been talking to him Probably earlier. Helped them. It could have been they didn't announce it until he was ready. Hmm. Well, it was, was it, uh, I mean, I don't know. We did just see the Buffalo play a game after they were basically in contact with the Devils. Yeah. Which all of them went to, uh, you know, they, sh- they probably should have postponed that last game. Of it. But, but anyway, the point is, what's the, uh, is, it, is it consistent? Are they just right. going to do whatever they need to do? Well, Penguins got to put a team on the ice. And, and when they got a game scheduled on NBC Sports, that's really important because that's their, that's their home network. So we all know they got to they gotta get those games up. Um, yeah, and, and so it's really just been uh, a week of GM searches, and and on the ice, uh, you, you know they've they've been, like I said, down. They they've been behind in every single game. I mean, if they ever straighten out their defense, maybe they maybe they can challenge for that playoff spot because they're kind of close now, and and everything's fallen to absolute pieces uh, on that defense. They're they're just they're just awful back there. Um, and if they can straighten out their defense a little bit, they, you know, I think this offense could still be explosive, but uh, I don't, I don't know how they're ever going to get healthy. Well, look at all those stars you have, man. You got Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin. I mean, how can you guys not score goals? Oh, well, <laughs> thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. That's, I guess that's the other thing. I thought that would have been a little so, good segue for you. Oh, Malkin's had a Malkin's had quite a week uh, after you know after we started with blowing that two on zero. I mean, the thing that I saw in that Rangers game uh, last night, Monday night. I'm I, I mean, when when he's on the power play, all, all he you know, if you're playing the Penguins on the power play, you just you, you let them pass the puck around the outside. Eventually, it's going to go to Malkin, and he's and he's going to telegraph a pass. Uh, to somebody and 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 just lazily uh, you know try to try to make it in. I don't know if he doesn't realize that guys can reach out their arms when with their hockey sticks. I'd like maybe he thinks like wherever their stick is now they can't they can't extend it. I don't know, but I mean he's just putting it on uh, an opponent's tape uh, and and it just gets cleared the other way like every every single time. It's just frustrating seeing him out there. And then and then after the power play was awful yesterday, just it was a joke. But they had the they had one power play late in the game when they were down two to one, uh, trying to tie. They they actually put together a respectable power play um, at that point. They they actually were putting some pressure on, had some chances for the first time all game. It was it was their fifth power play I think. First time all game it actually looked like they they were making progress, doing something. And after the penalty expired, you know the Rangers did kill it. But after the penalty expired, they kept the puck in the zone and they were keeping the pressure on for some 15, 20 seconds after that until the puck got slid back, back to back to Malkin at the point where he could have 
just stopped it there and and set up a play or he could have one time it. he could have done any number of things he just bucknered it he just built buckner the thing into the neutral zone that was the, effectively the end of the game i mean that they, they never put any pressure on again after that he just let it go let like just right by him i can't uh he's he's useless i got no use for him at all look my one observation of malkin um and especially in the past two games watching him <clears throat> because I know how much you you were you were loving him, so I wanted to see his game a little bit, and I agree with everything you're saying. Another thing that he used to play with a little bit of fire, a little bit of passion, a little bit of of I I fucking hate you on the ice kind of mentality, and now he's chuckling with guys in the corner. Um, he's he's not like you know cross checking anybody anymore. It's a different Malkin that we're seeing, and it, it, did he lose his edge? I mean, what what is it? He hit uh who did he hit in the face with a puck or, or in the head? Yeah, exactly. The That's the exact play. And he was and like he, almost yeah. apologizing and for he, it. Yeah, he I'm went like, up and he's like, yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm like, but but you're Evgeny Malkin, you're you're kind of an asshole. Right. What are you doing? You're supposed to be an uh, asshole. And he wasn't. He was nice and happy and laughing. I'm like, what the hell? Maybe he's laughing at him, going, ah, I jerk off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't care if he's laughing again. I mean, if he was playing well, uh, that'd be one thing. Uh, you know, it my right. concern is is that I mean he can't pass for shit. I mean, and I say that, and he he hit he hit, he made a great pass to uh, Kapanen for that breakaway. But I, you know what? I, I think that puck could have landed on any center stick in the league, and he could have. I mean, these are NHL players. I, I I think an NHL player could make that pass. It was a good pass, but I, I don't want to give him too much credit for that either, because it's it, it's one thing to to find somebody all the way down the ice, but it, it's another thing, you know, when you're in the zone and there's sticks around and and you can't figure out a way to do anything with it. Forget it. So, uh, okay, I'm good with the Penguins. Thank you. <laughs> Are you sure you're you're good now? Well, maybe maybe the surprise team in the Mass East in 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 the early part of the team that looks like they're playing with little cohesion is actually the New Jersey Devils. Um, Who as, thought you would say that? As much as it fucking makes me want to vomit to say all those things. Um, what happened this week with the? Uh, so boys from newark are they all two, feeling good they're all healthy they're all they're all yeah everybody's everybody's feeling great after two uh two disappointing losses to the flyers uh not really disappointing but you know any losses disappointment Fuck the flyers. um tuesday and last thursday you know that these are those are the games that i thought i was going to see a lot more of this season competitive team just gets outplayed you know some good plays some bad plays but you're in the game and you just come up short at the end. So that's what I've been expecting all season. So it was, you know, to see it, to see it against one of the top teams in the league makes you feel good about your own team. They go into Buffalo on Saturday. It's a real back and forth game. They tie it with five minutes left in the third and we go to overtime, a lot of chances for both, both teams in overtime, including a breakout for Hughes, Hughes, and the game ends tied. So we go to a shootout. It was shocking to see that Hughes was not one of the three shooters in the shootout. We went back and now, forth on this a little bit over we went text. back and forth, and, and we, I speculated that it was because they wanted to have Hughes available if it was still tied after three shooters. And, and Tom made a great point. You, you got you to put your best three out there. You got to win the game. Don't, don't set yourself up to win the game if it gets to a certain point. you got to win the game when you can. Yeah, look, this, the shootout's a joke to begin with, but have your top guys out who are, are good. And, and look, there's nobody better on the Devils right now than Jack Hughes. There, yeah. there is nobody 
I don't care who you say. Um, he's got to be on your top three every single time. Steve, do you think Without that's something that they like, they practice, he was not doing well. You know, maybe it's something they practice every time. You know, no. like, hey, you know, no, no you don't think so. He had the goalie set, like he got that breakaway in, over, in the overtime and he would have gone to school on that in the shootout if he had the opportunity. He, he would have known the exact move to put on him given that information. So I, yeah. I just think it was a bad choice by the coach on that one to not have him as one of the three. And it's also they not like it's some guy who's, it's not like some guy who's like halfway decent who's having a really good year. This is your number one overall. Right, right. This is your franchise. Yeah. Get him in there. Come on. I was I was taking a wait and see approach on Hughes, but after after seeing these, obviously after seeing these all nine games, I'm all in. So why shouldn't you be turn around 20, 24 hours later? they you know up in Buffalo again. Palmieri added to the COVID list. Zajac had been added to the COVID list before the first game against Buffalo. There were nine players in the lineup that either weren't on the team last year or weren't projected to make the team. And they played what I think was, was one of their best games. They, they went up 2-0. McLeod, Bastion, and Wood, fourth line, was off the charts. Every, every shift they were out there, they were making plays. Something for you guys to pay attention to when your team plays Buffalo, Ristolainen, when, when Buffalo's on the power play, he is the quintessential best player you could have on the crease screening the goalie tip-ins and rebounds so just keep an eye out for wrist alignment on the on the crease on the power play i already got a because large he was making things happen thanks appreciate that yeah on, on during the game on sunday the team actually scored in the last minute of each of the three periods which i guess hadn't been done in a very long time but again it boiled down to that bastion mcleod and woodline they were hitting people getting in the way causing turnovers aggressive on the four check and scoring goals they the devils they they combined for six points during that game which is ridiculous for a fourth line when you think about it and then all hell broke loose it would be easier for me to list the players on the roster that don't have that aren't on the covid list than that are there's 14 players on the COVID list and that includes Mackenzie Blackwood coming off of it <laughs> someone someone had a funny tweet Mackenzie Blackwood is the only person on the Devils roster right now as as he was in the first five games or something like that I thought that was pretty funny but did they have like a barber come in to try and cut their I, hair in the dressing room no did idea. Go to a strip club what happened I have no idea and it happened on the road where uh, supposedly you're either in your room or you're at the rink yeah it wait that was in Philly too, wasn't it? No, they the two Philly games were in New Jersey, and then they ah. they hit the road for Buffalo. Okay, it was when Lindy Ruff made that joke, and everybody had their mask off and started laughing, and it was just all just flying all around. Just, yeah. So just a, just a quick recap: Brat, Hughes, Johansson, Kukokinen, McLeod, Palmieri, Severson, Smith, Tennyson, Zaka, and Zajac. And then you got Dell and Vatanen who are on that initial seven days. You got to get four tests. And I, I Carrick, thought you said you were going to do the thing where you gave us the pe- the people that were not yeah. on the list because it was going to be easy. I don't have them written down. I don't have them. Hey, Steve, I and feel then you bad. got Carrick. You got Carrick who flew home 
from Buffalo to be with his wife for the birth of a child. So oh, because boy. he took a commercial flight home, he goes on the list. He has to. Because yeah. if you take a private jet, you don't have to. But you know who I feel bad for? Fucking Will Butcher. He can't get in the fucking can't, any lineup. I, if they play tonight, he, he still wouldn't be. Lineup. He can't get in the fucking regular season lineup. No, if, he, if, he, if they play tonight, he still wouldn't have been on the, in the lineup. Oh, my God. I don't understand it. I think he should have been playing over the weekend at least one of the games. What Tennyson brings that Will Butcher doesn't is beyond me. Will Butcher is a bit of a whipping boy on Twitter for Devils fans because he's slow. But I feel like he might be slow, but he's in position. And you can be slow if you're going to be in position. Well, give me a comparative difference between Ty Smith and Will Butcher. Oh, no. Night and day. Night and day different. I mean, size yeah, size yeah. comparison-wise, they're pretty similar, They're right? about the same size. But, and Tennyson but, is huge. He's a big guy. But again, he doesn't – He's he is like, like you were saying with the Rangers. If you're going to be out of position, you're useless, right? You don't want to be behind – you don't want to be in front of the player on the crease. You want to be behind the player on the crease. Correct. And he's just – he chases the play. So he's always behind whoever he's covered. Well, if we were going to play you on Saturday, I would say keep him in the lineup at least until Saturday, but that's gone. I guess we're just taking a wait-and-see approach, I guess, now, just to see how long this goes on. Yeah, well, at least you're getting it out of the way early. If there's a break. It, And it, it gives Heesher time to, to mend up uh, from his, again, I think, broken fibula. Does he still have a cast on? The only bad thing is Blackwood, the, the facility is closed, so he can't get on the ice. So even though he's off the list, he can't practice. Oh my God. How long is this facility closed for? At least until sa- Saturday. Holy Jesus. Ugh. And now they're going to make up how many games? Three. Three. Yeah. So they were, they were talking. Three like they, as of right now. Yeah, they were talking that they might have to make these games up after that that kind of fluff week in between the end of the regular season and the playoffs. Yeah. Where teams, some teams might have to play five games in seven nights just to make games up. That, But you – could control your destiny at that point and gain 10 points could potentially. So that is all I have on the new Jersey devils. I mean, I could go on a little bit more and give you areas of concern, but we'll, we'll save that for another time. <laughs> Are you saying you're going to need, you need some material for next week because you're not going to have games. I'm not going to have anything to fucking talk about <laughs> next week. I'm not going to have anything. Unless I don't. All right. Then you got to save some material for sure. Then Yes. All right, then, and we we've talked your ear off for the for 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 this week. Uh, that's going to do it for our podcast this week. Don't forget to follow us on our Twitter feed at friends underscore rivals, Facebook, uh, YouTube, friends and rivals. Click, comment, share, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Um, give us a review, five star review. That would be awesome. Uh, and subscribe to our show because it really really does help us out. Um, I don't know how it helps us out, but apparently it does. Uh, We will see you next week. We will talk about some games, except for Steve. Billy, play us out. Wear your masks, people. Wear your masks.